Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. the show world soccer radio presented by betonline.ag i'm your host nick eber great to be with you here on the sports byline broadcast network also sirius xm i'm with you each and every weeknight 6 p.m pacific 9 eastern then again midnight pacific 3 a.m on the east coast for all you early birds on sports overnight america big show to get to today of course i will be doing the complete premier league preview for all the matches coming up Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But look, there are some big stories that we have to talk about. Let's talk about my team that I have been following as a supporter since I was a lad and since I just had my 56th birthday a couple of days ago. Uh, That's obviously been a long time. My team, Liverpool Football Club, are, are right now an unmitigated disaster. They went from best of the best to mediocre at best and i'm going to tell you why i think that's happened obviously there's some obvious responses such as injuries but i'm going to go into a little bit more depth and also tell you about how i feel about it and what i think they should do about it all right so that's going to be the topic there plus massive massive news from ifab that is the that is the uh, organization that sets the rules for the game couple of huge changes coming down the pike well earned well needed long long awaited uh let's talk about those as well then of course we will get into all the matches coming up including the huge manchester derby at the etihad manchester city man united Uh, that is on sunday i'll give you my picks and some betting pointers should you decide to wager a bob or two courtesy of our title sponsor betonline.ag your online sports book experts those are the topics for today's show. You can find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Send me a note. Send me a text. Let's talk. Uh, we do have a number of listeners that reach out on a regular basis, and it is always great to speak to them. All right, that's what we're going to cover today, and I am bursting at the seams to talk to you about Liverpool because it has been it is actually it's not just bad it's an embarrassment it really is an unmitigated embarrassment and injuries while an important factor are just an excuse I'll explain when I come back Welcome back, World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. <clears throat> and with the Super Bowl, naught but a faded memory at this point in our lives. You know the NFL is over, but there's NBA, there's NHL, college basketball, of course, Premier League, Champions League. <clears throat> We've got Europa League. We've got all the big European leagues in full emotion. And, of course, the Euro's coming up. Lots of great stuff to bet on. So don't worry about the fact that the NFL's over. The only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. They cover not just sports, but they got award shows, TV shows, reality TV, you name it. They have it, and they have hundreds of prop bets with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. 
Plus, if you want to do a little gambling on like a casino, if you're feeling the Vegas Jones and you don't want to come here to Las Vegas and land at what used to be McCarran is now going to be Harry Reid Airport, you don't have to leave your desk. You can do it all at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And I do like to tell you this. Every time I mention betonline.ag, our wonderful title sponsor, if you're going to bet on sports, and I encourage you to do it, it's, it kind of adds an extra element to your sports betting. Just do it responsibly and make it entertainment and not a lifestyle. All right, folks, uh, let's, talk, let's get straight to it because I said in the open that I was um, very frustrated with my team, Liverpool Football Club, and, I, and I'm going to tell you why. Obviously... You know, a title defense that sees you at seventh in the table with 11 games left, trailing 22 points behind the league leaders is, you know, a good reason to be frustrated and upset, most certainly. No doubt about it. But that in and of itself isn't just the reason. What upsets me about it is the fact that we have this wonderful manager, Jurgen Klopp, that everyone's been, you know, waxing poetical about and talking, manager of the year and the greatest manager and everybody wants him and this, that and the other. But I think that the problems that Liverpool have actually are largely as a result of Jurgen Klopp. And, And I'll explain what I mean. Yes, we all know that they have a lot of problems in injuries. I mean, Joel Matip, Joe Gomez, Virgil van Dijk. I mean, look, these guys are all out, all out for a while. We know that Diogo Jota just only came back and getting his first sniff at the pitch. Understand that. The problem that I have with Liverpool Football Club is none of those things. The problem that I have is the fact that the reason that we are at seventh position in the table is not because of Virgil van Dijk being gone or Joe Govez or Joe Matip. Maybe that in and of itself is a reason why Liverpool would not be top of the table. But the reason that they've lost so many games in a row at home is because they have a fundamental inability to score goals despite having one of the most vaunted front three in world football today in Firmino, Salah, and Mane. Are you trying to tell me that Mohamed Salah or Sadeo Mane or Roberto Firmino became impotent players over the last three months because of COVID or because of something they drank? Or I, I don't no, no, of course not. Yes, the delivery of the ball, the system that Liverpool have been played has changed because of the lack of guys like Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez and Joel Matip. There's no doubt about that. But it is the manager's job to change the shape, to change the tactics, to change the look of the team to best get results given the players that you're putting out there. And if you're still putting out Salah, Mane, and Firmino, and you know you've got a, 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 a you know, a, a, a defensive back four that's held together with uh, chewing gum and love, make the changes. Adapt. Do what you're paid the big money for. 
just kind of rolling out the same tactic with players that aren't nearly as able to execute it is just stupidity. It's dumb. Okay, you do it once, then you get bitten. Then you do it again, and you get bitten again. You do it again, and it's the same thing. Look, it's just like this. If you stick your hand in the fire and get burnt, don't keep sticking it in there. I don't understand it. I don't understand why Jurgen Klopp is not able to make the changes that he needs to. He still has a good squad. It's clear what the problems are, yet he isn't doing it. And as a result, Liverpool are, to be fair, a joke right now. 43 points on 27 games. For a team that finished at what, 99 points or 98 points last year? I don't remember, but it was it was right up there. A team that has conceded more goals than West Ham, more goals than Everton, more goals than Chelsea, more goals than Leicester. That's all true. But if you look at the goals scored, it's less than United. It's less than City. And if you look at the goals scored recently... Wow, well, you're going to be really disappointed. They've scored four goals in the last five matches. That despite the fact that they're trotting out their you know, big three. Something is wrong. Something is not right. And it's not just the injuries. Because yes, the injuries are what they are. And we know they're going to change the makeup of the team. We know they're going to change the chemistry. Look, on that Chelsea match at Anfield, I don't think Liverpool really even tested the Chelsea keeper until right very last end of the game. And that is pathetic. When you watch them play this high-tempo, heavy-metal football that they've been playing so well year over year, where the ball's constantly in motion forward, is become lateral. This team moves the ball laterally and backwards more than it moves it forwards, and that's why they can't break teams down. And if I sound frustrated, it's because I am frustrated. If I sound angry, it's because I am angry. Because as much as I love Jurgen Klopp, I'm sorry, you've got to come up with something better. You can't just sit back and wait for Van Dyke to suddenly take the pitch. Or Joe, or, or Joe Gomez, or Joe Matip. You've got to figure out a way to do what Manchester City did. And I'll tell you what that is. When their attackers were not scoring, remember, Aguero was injured, Jesus wasn't finding the mark, etc., etc. Uh, De Bruyne was on and off injured. The defense at Manchester City sucked it up and didn't let a goal in kept them in matches and when you look back at the beginning of the season at the Manchester City blip it was just a couple of draws two three draws versus some wins and a couple of losses it wasn't four five six losses at home in a row they sucked it up defensively because they knew they weren't scoring goals and when defensively they were a little suspect earlier on they were scoring goals to make up for it that's how you do it that's what you've got to do. You've got to look at both sides of the game. Jurgen Klopp, for all of his brilliance, for all of his experience, for all of his accolades, for all of his trophies, I don't know what's wrong with him. 
Don't point the finger at, uh, at ownership. They've given you every player you wanted. Plus, I like this kid they signed, this uh, central defender. He's just going to get better and better. But, you know, Liverpool don't have the size. Look at these set pieces. That pieces They look absolutely impotent on set pieces without the likes of Van Dijk towering in there like a giant redwood tree. It's a problem. I don't know what's going to happen. All I can say is if Liverpool finish outside the top four, which right now looks very likely, I think there will be a reckoning. And could it be Steven Gerrard on the first plane from Scotland? All right, I'll be right back after this. This is World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back to World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. By the way, if you're listening on one of our digital platforms, iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning Sirius XM app. I welcome you to the show, as well as our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. I can't tell you guys what a pleasure and a privilege it is to speak to you uh, while you're serving our country. We, we thank you. I thank you um, as a veteran myself. Um, it is it is great to be on the American Forces Network. By the way, if you miss any part of this show, you can find it as soon as it's over on our podcast network, which is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. Go check us out there. They've also got a load of other great podcasts, which you can subscribe to, and I think you'll really enjoy what they have on offer. You can also get the podcast uh, normal ways, whether that's uh, um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or you know uh, Stitcher or Bitcher or Twitcher or whatever the heck it is. You can find me there. Just just check it out, World Soccer Radio. You'll find us. All right. Um, one of the great frustrations, I think, that many of us have had over the past uh, year or two in uh, the world of football has been uh, VAR, the Video Assistant Referee, and and how it's changed the face of the game uh, for some people, it's been an improvement. For many people, it's been a frustration. Uh, it certainly has had some unintended consequences. For example, in a packed stadium, of which we see very few these days, obviously due to COVID, but hopefully we will again shortly, uh, you know, a goal is uh, not really celebrated until the referee uh, has had his uh, VAR check and the goal is put up on the board, the referee points to the center circle, and off we go. So it takes a bit of that spontaneity out of it, a bit of that, uh, a bit of that, it, it lets some of the pressure off the supercharged atmosphere. And that's, by the way, not a great thing. I think there's been a, a lot of questions about how VAR is implemented. Is Does the referee himself or herself go to the uh, side of the pitch and look at the monitor and make the decision, or do they listen to uh, VAR headquarters? How does that work? And then, of course, what is able to be VAR'd? That's another set of questions. But two of the biggest issues have come up, not really as a result of VAR, but more as a result of the rules themselves that VAR is attempting to implement or attempting to um, ascertain. And the reason that I bring it up is simple. Um, the handball rule, I think, is an okay rule if it's allowed referee's discretion and it happens real time. But I think if you are going to the point where you are looking at VAR, does the ball 
clip the third hair growing on his index finger on the way in, uh, etc., etc. VAR allows you a much closer scrutiny of the rules than if the rules were being applied by a referee operating in normal time. So the handball rule is certainly one that I think requires some modification. The most egregious of all of them, however, is this ridiculous offside rule. Now, if you remember a few years ago, there was a move to change the offside rule so that offsides only was counted if there was an actual gap between the attacking player and the defender. In other words, if the attacking player is behind the defender and there's daylight between them, that's offside. But if any part of their body is aligned, that was onside. And that rule very, very quickly went out the window. And now we have completely flipped over to the other side where now we have the world's most ridiculous offside rule where literally you could be a half a shoelace, your, your foot or your leg, or if you have a long nose and you're equal with someone and your nose is longer than his, you could be offside if the tip of your nose is in front of his. It is a stupid, stupid, stupid rule. Made worse, made stupider, and compounded by the fact of the scrutiny the VAR can give to the implementation of what is a stupid, ill-thought-out, and draconian rule. A rule that I might add, I think, really negatively affects play. Am I against every goal being reviewed? No, I am not. Am I against VAR? No, I am not. I think VAR is a great tool when put in the hands and utilized correctly, and a tool that is being allowed to enforce rules that make sense. We should not blame VAR. We need to blame the rules. We need to make the rules, number one, simpler to interpret. Number two, we need to make the rules commensurate with the modern game and the speed of the modern game. And number three, we need to decide definitively what is and what is not a VAR reviewable infraction. For example, all penalty, all penalty decisions should be reviewed by VAR, period. End of story. And that review should encompass only the event that caused the penalty, not whether there was somebody whose uh, the ball brushed off their, their uh, hair on their third index finger six passes before the ball made it into the box where there was a penalty. That's not what I'm talking about. The call that resulted in the penalty should be automatically reviewed by VAR. Why? Well, because play stopped anyway. The referee's blown the whistle. And if the video assistant referee sees an infraction in the box that the referee doesn't, he should let the referee know, and at the next stoppage of play, or the referee can blow his whistle, stop play, and bring it back for the penalty. All of that, totally acceptable, agree, we've got it. But these rules, as they are now, are stupid period. End of story. They're ruining the game. They're destroying the flow. They're nonsensical. And I think they're changing outcomes. And listen, I am not suggesting for a moment that those outcomes are skewing one team versus another because they're not. These things, as we like to say, all balance out in the end. And they do. But it's not fair. And I, I'm about fairness. If you're out there working your ass off on the pitch, 
training hard day in and day out for your match on the weekend and you get to the match on the weekend and you lose the match because of a stupid rule or a dumb implementation of that rule, then you are aggrieved. And that's nowhere and no way to have it. So let's get to what's happening. This is the good news. The good news is that IFAB, which is the uh, uh, organization that sets the football rules, have agreed to change some of these rules. And this is a thank God moment, by the way. So the first is handball laws. Now, at the beginning of the season, they were actually tightened. Accidental handball that led to a goal-scoring chance or a goal for a, or a goal for a teammate was to be penalized, according to the laws at the beginning of the 2020-2021 season. For next year, that has changed. Now, an accidental handball that leads to a goal-scoring chance or a goal for a teammate will no longer be penalized, and that is fabulous. And that they're doing this because of, quote, interpretation of handball incidents not being applied consistently. <laughs> Excuse me. A great example to this was um, Fulham's loss to Tottenham. Josh Marger was denied a goal. Uh, Davinson Sanchez's clearance flew into uh, Mario uh, Lamina, uh, Lamina's arm, and, you know, it was an infraction. It shouldn't have been. It was totally accidental. Now, that is a great thing, and I can't wait for that to happen. The bigger change, the better change, is they are looking at changing the offside rule. By the way, to get back to handball for a minute, because we'll get to offside in a second, uh, it's going to remain a handball offense if the player scores accidentally with their hand or arm or uses their hand or arm directly before scoring. And, 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 and that, is, that is fine, by the way. From 1st of July onwards, the new rule, the new handball rule will be in effect. Okay, so the offside rule that they're going to change... By the way, Arsene Wenger has been a huge proponent of changing the offside rule. He says a player should only be considered, should be considered onside if any part of their body that can legally score a goal is level with the second-last defender. Okay? I agree with you, Arsene, completely, 100%. So IFAB has now clarified its interpretation of the offside law. It said that... The definition of handball, where an arm ends at the bottom of the armpit, uh, must be used when judging whether a player is offside or not. Okay, in other words, um, if my elbows or my hand is in front of the player, that's not offside because I can't score with my hand. If my foot is in front of the player, that's fine. If my head is in front of the player, that's fine. If my chest is in front of the player, I'm offside. It's very, very simple. Once again, IFAB has clarified its interpretation of the law, saying the definition of handball, whereby the arm ends at the bottom of the armpit, must be used when judging whether a player is offside or not. In other words, if your arm is in front of the player, you can't be offside. The best news of all, though, they're finally going to allow new technology in, which could, in theory, eliminate those moments when VAR is used to check whether the goal is offside or disallowed, or d disallowed for offside. And they're going to test some semi-autonomous technology to do it. 
I think that's great. This is great news, and this is what I like about football. At the end of the day, they may be a little stubborn up there, up in the, the lofty worlds of the IFABs and the FIFAs and the Premier Leagues, but they do listen, and they do know what is hurting the game. These rules will go a long way to making it better for everyone. All right, when I come back after the break, uh, let's look at every single Premier League match, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'll give you my patented Pundits Premier League preview and prognostication show. Have a pee. I'll be right back. All right, welcome back. World Soccer Radio presented by betonline.ag. This is our patented Premier League prognostication punditry show and pundit show, whatever. Lots of peas in there for you. I just had one during the break, so I'm feeling a little bit better. Uh, but welcome back. We are presented by betonline.ag. And I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast, if you're listening on Sports Overnight America. Coming to you on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM, iHeart, tune in, the award-winning Sirius XM app and the American Forces Network. Uh, let's get to it, shall we? And let's start. Turf Moor, Burnley facing Arsenal. Um, Burnley getting a surprise sharing of the points over the uh, midweek. Uh, actually, I think it was on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was Wednesday uh, with Leicester City, who have, in fact, been a bit of a disappointment the last couple of matches. You know, coming off that win against Villa, coming off the big win against Liverpool, Leicester City, you know, lose at home to Arsenal 3-1 and then lose uh, and then uh, go 1-1 again with Burnley at Turf Moor. Quite honestly, not a very good team. So now Arsenal are going to Turf Moor, and they're going to face uh, they're going to face Burnley, and um, it's going to be interesting because Arsenal are coming off that big win against Leicester City, which we just talked about three one last Sunday, but they're going to want revenge because early on in the season they were defeated at the Emirates by Burnley. Uh, if you remember this, uh, Xhaka was sent off, and um, there was that own goal from Obama Yang that got the points for Burnley. So uh, I think this is going to be Arsenal looking for sweet revenge. Uh, the pundits, many of the pundits here are liking a draw, by the way. Uh, uh, but uh, actually, Arsenal are the big favorites. At minus 149, the visitors minus 149. I think I am going to take a draw at plus 270 because I think it's too juicy to pass that up. All right, let's move along, shall we? Bramall Lane, Sheffield United versus Southampton. And, uh, you know, Southampton had that big win against Liverpool, which has been the highlight of their season, I will say that. But to be fair, uh, they have been just absolutely, shockingly bad since that huge victory back in the beginning of January. In the nine matches since, they've lost every one except for one, which was a draw against Chelsea. They are in real trouble. And and I am wondering um, how much pressure at this point is on Hassan Hootl. He's a good manager. Yeah, he really is. But there's something going on with Southampton. They had a wonderful season right up to that point. And if you remember, they lose a lot of players to Liverpool, so they're considered as a kind of joke, as a feeder team. So this 1-0 this victory at home 
uh, St. Mary's against Liverpool was a huge emotional victory for them. And it looks like they just kind of, that was their season. And it was silly because they'd only lost three or four matches up to that point the entire season. I mean, there was a point earlier on where they were as high as third place back just before Christmas. So they're going to have to stop this nonsense right now and get a result. And now, playing Sheffield United, um, you know, this is an interesting team because they're just awful. They're being relegated, don't get me wrong, but they have lost uh, the last four uh, matches. Uh, pardon me, they are not lost the last four matches. That Most recently, they beat, they beat Aston Villa at home uh, to stop the four-match losing streak. But I think this one's going to be a bridge too far for them. I actually like Southampton to win. I'm going to take Southampton uh, plus 111 uh, away at Bramall Lane against Sheffield United. Take them for that one. Aston Villa, Wolverhampton Wanderers. And Villa are definitely the uh, streaky, weird, inconsistent team of the season. I think if they're, maybe Arsenal. Uh, between Arsenal and Villa, and they're right next to each other in the table, so it shouldn't be a huge surprise. Um, Villa, uh, 1-0 a victory against Leeds, but then they lost 1-0 away at Bramall Lane. Uh, they're all over the place. Look, away from home, I like Villa actually more than I do at home. Wolverhampton Wanderers, on the other hand, um, are going to get um, a chance to play a team that is not going to be nearly as difficult as Manchester City were because that was their last outing. Um, I actually thought Wolves played pretty well against Man City until the end when it kind of all went pear-shaped for them, as things typically do when you play Manchester City. Um, looking at my time here, we're doing perfectly well. Um, I, you know, for this this match, this is a tough match to predict. Uh, Wolves, uh, Villa are going to be happy because Jack Grealish is back. Um... Villa looking good again. But, you know, Wolves, I think, you know, look, if Wolves want to, they can be a really, really good dynamic team. Uh, again, just look back at that City game. The early part of that, say the first two-thirds of that match, uh, Wolves were in it. They were going toe-for-toe -toe with City. I, I can't see Wolves losing this match. I'm going to take the away team Wolves a plus 20, 220 to win this at Villa Park. Brighton, Leicester City. Well, this is a good match for Leicester City to get into. They've had a couple of disappointing results, losing 3-1 uh, at home against Arsenal. Then we're talking about that 1-1 against Burnley. Um, you know, we're seeing Leicester drop some points. Uh, this is not to all that surprising. They've kind of done this the last couple of seasons where they sort of bleed off points as you get to the, the business end of the season. They don't have a particularly deep squad. Um, however, um, I don't like the way Leicester are performing up front in terms of goals. Uh, they're just they're scoring, you know, other than the 3-1 against Liverpool, I think they scored five goals in the last five matches. Mm. And then Brighton, Hove Albion, on the other hand, you know, Brighton are desperate for points, fighting hard. However, this is going to be a bridge too far for Brighton. I'm going to go with Leicester, uh, plus 190, by the way. Uh, although Brighton are the favorites at home, plus 155. I'm going to have take the away team as a bit of a shock. All right, let's go to the next one. Hawthorns, West Brom against a just god-awful, god-awful Newcastle team. Uh, West Brom... Uh, you know, actually have improved. They lost 1-0 to Everton. Everton are a really good team. 
they beat uh, they beat the Brighton, they drew Burnley, they drew United, they did lose two nil to Tottenham, but that's kind of a totally different class for them. Uh, they have righted the ship somewhat, and Newcastle United have not. Steve Bruce is possibly the most uninspiring manager in the history of the game, and this team is just looking awful. Most recently, uh, 1-1 with Wolves. Then they lost 3-1 to Man United. They lost 2-0 to Chelsea. I'm, I'm going to go with a shock result here, and I'm doing a lot of these, by the way. So if all my results come in, someone's getting rich, a courtesy of betonline.ag. I'm going to go here. I'm going to take uh, Newcastle. No, I'm going to take a draw, plus 197. All right, Liverpool-Fulham. I've talked about Liverpool ad nauseum in the first segment. Uh, they're just awful this season. However, this, I think, they will get their game back on track here, and I think they will avenge. Uh, was it a draw they got at Craven Cottage or a defeat? Uh, they did not win at Craven Cottage. They will avenge it. I'm going with Liverpool, minus 263. Uh, City, Man City, Man United. Um, uh, you know, the match is a derby. Look, at, at the end of the day, uh, and I remember when these were heated and violent and just awful, I remember when people used to throw darts in the stands and try to hit people's heads with just awful stuff. Uh, City United. Look, City are a uh, in a totally different league this season than any other team in the Premier League. And I know United have aspirations. I think a top four spot is pretty much dialed in for them. And they have deserved it. Okay, they're not out of the woods yet, but this will not go their way. And I know derbies, sometimes you throw logic out the window, but again, this is at the Etihad. This is, we're talking to Man City. We're talking to Derby. They have to win this. Minus 200, take Man City. Tottenham Crystal Palace, a London derby. This will actually, interestingly enough, this game, um, you know, is <laughs> is a little bit more complex than, than you think. I mean, uh, Crystal Palace getting that nil-nil against United midweek. And then a nil-nil with Fulham over the weekend. Become a bit of a draw specialist. Um, I like Tottenham. Uh, you know, I know Mourinho is under pressure. He doesn't have a hugely deep, a hugely, um, he doesn't have a hugely deep squad. And if they have a couple of key injuries, they are always in trouble. They are scoring a fair amount of goals, though. They scored two against West Brom. Yeah, they got shut out by City. They they scored one against West Ham. They scored four against Burnley. They scored against uh, Fulham, I think it was. So I like this. I like Tottenham. I'm going to go with them, minus 217. So I'm going to take Tottenham over Palace. Having said that, um, you know, Palace, one of these teams that also pretty streaky, but getting it done at the business end of the season. But I don't see any points for them here. Chelsea, Everton, what a great match this will be. Two teams that have been entertaining thoroughly uh, over the weekend, uh, uh, pardon me, over the season, uh, have gotten better as they go along. And both these teams, I think, are firing on all cylinders right now. Chelsea, huge win over Liverpool in the midweek. Big draw against United. Drew Southampton, they've had some big wins against Newcastle and Sheffield United. Everton, on the other hand, uh, also beating Liverpool, if you remember, 2-0 at Anfield. They went, then went on to beat Southampton at home, uh, West Brom at the Hawthorns away. Uh, I like Everton. I like Chelsea. Both these clubs, great football, very, very entertaining. I'm going to edge Chelsea here at Stamford Bridge. I think Chelsea are on a roll, and I think the big one niller over Liverpool midweek gave them a lot of impetus. Look, Liverpool were not in that game at any point. So I'm going to take Chelsea at home, minus 185. And finally, the Monday match, two of the league's most entertaining and interesting teams, West Ham United, who I am a big fan of what 
uh, Brendan Rogers has been doing, um, not Brendan Rogers. David Moyes has been doing at West Ham United. Right manager, right team, ownership. Very smart for bringing him back, putting their egos aside. You know, I, I have to applaud them for this great move. I really like this West Ham squad uh, coming off a you know two one against City. And by the way, I did not think West Ham United were out were outmatched. Uh, coming up against a Leeds United side under Bielsa, who is playing some really, really, really fun football. However, I promise you, uh, unfortunately for them, okay, they're uh, they're on a four-match losing streak right now. They lost to Arsenal. Uh, they lost to South. Oh, they beat Southampton. So they're on a three-match losing streak. Uh, they uh, lost to Wolves. Uh, they lost. They lost to Villa. Um, they're not going to win against West Ham. This will be three points for David Moyes, plus 104. So do we have time to recap? I'm just looking here. Oh, yeah, plenty of time to recap. So let's start, shall we? Here's the recap for the matches. Saturday, Burnley-Arsenal. I'm taking a draw at plus 270. Sheffield-Southampton. I'm taking Southampton at plus 111. Villa-Wolves. I'm taking Wolverhampton Wanderers, plus 220. Brighton, Leicester, I'm taking Leicester City, plus 190. West Brom, Newcastle, the draw, plus 197. Liverpool, Fulham, the Reds, minus 263. Man City, Man United, Manchester Derby, I'm going with City, minus 200. Tottenham Palace, I'm taking Spurs. Chelsea, Everton, take the Blues, minus 185. And West Ham, Leeds, you have to go with the hammer. Hammers at the London Stadium, plus 104 so those are my match picks all the money lines and odds courtesy of our title sponsor betonline.ag hope you have a fun time betting some of these you don't have to use my picks obviously you can use your own as well love to know how you did find me on twitter at nikiba n-i-c-k-g-e-b-e-r facebook facebook.com forward slash world soccer radio let me know how you did keep in touch with me Once again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. on the East Coast, and again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. I'm with you daily, talking the beautiful game. Hope you will make me a regular part of your week. I'm going to take a brief break and be right back to wrap it up here on World Soccer Radio. Oh, a little Echo and the Bunny Man. God, I, I love Echo and the Bunny Man. I, I have seen them play so many times. Um, I don't know if you're a big fan of 80s music, late 70s, 80s music. Uh, we're not talking about disco. Although, you know, quite frankly, uh, I really... There's some disco I think is quite entertaining. But uh, this, Echo and the Bunny Man, great band from Liverpool. Uh, really nice guys, too. If you ever get to meet them, you will love them. Fantastic guys. Still playing, still playing their old stuff. Terrific. Anyway, uh, welcome back to the show, World Soccer Radio. I do like to play my music here on the show. And I thank my staff for indulging me and loading up all my favorite songs on the cart. Uh, that's a great way of keeping the boss man happy. Uh, so... Welcome back. I gave you all the picks for the weekend. Uh, I guess if I'm going to look down this list and say, are there any upsets you have here? Um, yeah, I don't, Chelsea Everton, but that's not really an upset. West Ham Leeds, not an upset. I don't really see any huge upsets here, except I do see a draw between Burnley and Arsenal. 
that could possibly be uh, the surprise. All right, let me know what you think. Let me know how you did. Let me know how much money you made. You can reach out to me on social media. Twitter me, twatter me, reach out and flatter me. Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I would love to know how you do. And of course, talk to me during the weekend. Let me know what's going on. Let me know what match you're watching. Let's talk about it. I watch them all. Obviously, don't watch you know all the live ones together at the same time, but I do go back and watch them. I like to watch all these matches. It, it is great. I love the Premier League. Uh, and there's so much to look forward to, by the way, with uh, Euro uh, 2021, I guess, being played over the summer. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, folks. Well, that's going to wrap up the show. Just a reminder that I am with you uh, Monday through Friday. And... Um, hope you'll join me every one of those days and let's talk the beautiful game i thank everyone at the sports byline broadcast network and sirius xm for allowing me the privilege to speak to you and talk the beautiful game every day i'll chat to you on monday have a wonderful weekend enjoy the football and stay safe Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.